Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I started season two with episode one, Broken. As always, we'll start with a synopsis. This one's a little longer than usual. Kind of a lot happens in this episode. Opening of the season and end of the season (laughs) will always have the longest. In the Enchanted Forest, Philip awakens Aurora with true love's kiss, only to be marked by a terrifying wraith. He sacrifices himself, and Aurora and Mulan reluctantly team up and realize that the wraith brought Emma and Snow with it. In Storybrooke, the town awakens from the curse and instantly goes after Regina. Henry asks Emma to protect Regina, so Snow, Charming, and Emma rush off to keep the pitchforks at bay. Meanwhile, Rumpel learns that Regina took Belle. Despite promising Belle he wouldn't seek revenge, he immediately marks her for the wraith and calls it to do his bidding. Snow, Charming, Emma, and Regina work together to banish the wraith to what Regina has told them is the non-existent enchanted forest. Emma and Snow end up falling through the hat as well. Henry tells Regina that she must save Snow and Emma to regain his trust and his love. What do you think of this episode? Good episode. It is not a top five all-time episode. It might be a top five of the season episode. It's pretty good. I enjoy it. I like that things have progressed. I enjoy a lot of this. There are things I have real problems with, especially character consistencies, um, and we'll get into that. What about you? Yeah, I like this episode. I'm a little... There's a lot of new characters in this episode, and we don't learn very much about them, which is a little hard. And it's also, I'm really glad that at the end of the episode, Emma and Snow end up in the Enchanted Forest, just purely for the fact that, like, there's all these new characters that we don't know anything about, and I don't want to be spending a bunch of time with those people and not the people we know, so that they're together makes it a little easier to, like, learn more about them. There's also this new character in New York City that we don't know anything about. Um, I have him listed as Random Dude. Random Dude, sure, like that. And the thing that I think is really interesting about this episode, and probably very confusing to viewers, Roger and I talked about it for about 20 minutes, and I'm still not sure he quite follows the timeline. I think this is the first time where the timeline of the Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke, like the Storybrooke timeline actually happens before the Enchanted Forest timeline. So... What happens in Storybrooke? Rumpel calls the the wraith to come, and he marks Regina, and then they throw they put the wraith into the hat. That is what happens at the very beginning of the Enchanted Forest timeline. So when the wraith comes through, it marks Philip. Snow and Emma have come through with the wraith at that time, but nobody else notices because they're off running away from the wraith. Philip gets soul eaten by the wraith. I don't know. Sure, soul eaten. Yeah, that's a word. Um. And then they discover that Snow and Emma are there. So it's kind of like a really interesting timeline shift situation. I have now seen that episode three times, and I still don't get it. <laughs> I can only imagine how confused I was the first time I watched it. It is very perplexing. Though I think the idea, conceptually, is very smart to have them be a little bit closer to parallel as opposed to flashback that happened 28 years ago and then come to the forward. Now it's kind of like things are happening simultaneously. Who do you want to start with? Uh, maybe maybe with our, let's start with our new people. Let's start with Philip and Aurora. Well, if we're gonna start with new people, let's talk about our random dude. Okay, yeah, random dude. Opening of the opening of the episode, we get a pretty long sequence of him walking through New York City. Doesn't speak. He has no lines. He's in a three piece suit. It looks like, and he lives in New York City. I love the callback to the times. He has an iPod. Yes, he does have an iPod, which he drops out his window. So we can date this around the mid two thousands to the late, you know, like. This is somewhere between 2006 and 2012, because that's about when iPods were a thing and the iPhone hadn't taken off yet. I oh, sorry. I also always like in TV shows and movies when you're, you're like watching a scene and you hear music playing and you kind of assume that it's just, you know, the music that goes along with the show. And then like when his iPod disconnects from his headphones, you realize that you were actually hearing what he was hearing. And then the music just stops. And our random gentleman lives by himself in an apartment in New York City, and the window was left open, and he dropped his iPod. Basically, things are not going well, but then he gets a postcard? A, yeah, a postcard that was somehow attached to a pigeon's foot. Yep, that just says, broken, and welcome to Storybook on the other side. Mm-hmm. So we know he has some connection to Storybook, but we know nothing else about that. No name, no backstory, don't know who that came from, because all it says is broken. And who on earth is this man? Yeah, he's a handsome man. He's a handsome man. You know, it's interesting. In the previous episode, August turned into Pinocchio. So we lost 
our dark-haired, stubbly man for Emma. And then magically, in the next episode, the opening, they waste no time in reintroducing another dark-haired, stubbly man. I also love the actor. He's great. Since season one of True Blood. Yes. Spoiler alert, he's not a nice person. (laughs) But, but. In that, in that show. In that show. Uh. Yeah, how how many different dark-haired stubbly men are we going to get? Um, more. Yeah. So the answer is more. Do they cast these from The Bachelor, just out of curiosity? I don't know that he's he's quite Bachelor quality. But it's the same template. Yeah, he's a little more scrappy, I would say, than a Bachelor. Sure, yeah. He actually does look like he could heal himself. In and fight. he lives in one of those New York apartments that's like only kind of an apartment. Like, the kitchen is a little a little rough. There's not even, like, a full-size oven or He probably pays 4000 for that, though. <laughs> probably. Okay. Uh, we are introduced to Aurora and Philip. Yes. We see another true love's kiss, which... Do we get the pulse? I, I don't remember we... seeing the pulse. That's a good question. I don't remember. But they do, they do share true love's kiss. He wakes her up from the sleeping curse, which is the same thing that happens in season one, episode one, between... Charming and Snow. Yep, it is a callback to that. Kind of interesting parallel. So if they... I, I don't know that they were True Love's Kiss. I know it broke the sleeping curse, but... That's, with, there's only, that's the only way to break a sleeping curse. I thought we saw other ways to break a sleeping curse. How? No. I mean, Graham and um, Emma weren't True Love's Kiss. He wasn't under a sleeping curse. He was cursed. That's not the same kind of curse. I see. <laughs> Come yeah. on, Roger, get your curse. He literally straight. says, I'm awake. So I assumed <laughs> it was similar function to a sleeping curse. Okay, fair. So it is True Love's Kiss then. Yep. Um, and we uh, have to bring in a new love triangle. Because what what would a TV show, a soapy TV show be without a love triangle? And the triangle is Mulan, <laughs> Prince Philip, and Aurora. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I also don't love the attitudes of everyone. Philip, Aurora, and Mulan are also so like conservative and outdated. Aurora is super sexist about Mulan being a woman. Like, not just that she's jealous of her because she's, like, worried about something going on between Philip and Mulan, but she's genuinely like, but you're a woman. You were fighting. You're a woman? You can fight as a woman? That's a thing that you can do? I don't know that that's as unrealistic as you're making it sound. They come from a land where knights are, like, 100% men. Yeah, but Snow's a badass. Does she know Snow? Regina is a badass. She should theoretically know Snow. Snow is a witch. Or, I'm sorry, Regina is a witch, which is very different. So, okay. Regina, Maleficent, Korra, those are all witches. They aren't direct fighters. Snow White is probably the exception to the rule of women who can actually handle themselves in one-on-one combat. Maybe she knows of her. She may not know of her prowess in combat. It isn't, like, un- I don't know of any other female knights that we can think of. I guess that's true. And we do have from Skin Deep, Belle says there's not a lot of opportunities for women to prove themselves or be brave in this. Or be heroes. Travel- yeah, be heroes yeah, in like this that. world. Yeah. So I guess that's fair. Muan is just surly, like, about everything. She's she's surly. She doesn't like anything. <laughs> well, no, she likes something. <laughs> she does like something. And so far it looks like she loves her some Philip. Yeah. Uh, she even offers to die for him. She offers to be marked by by the wraith and have the wraith eat her soul. soul so her. what's interesting about that, having seen this and know where this leads, there's two ways you can take that. It is A, I love you and I'm willing to die for you. Or B, I am devoted to my craft and my job is to protect the king yes. and queen. So there's a reasonable point that it may not just be a love triangle thing. It may be this is my job as a swan knight to protect you. And if that means laying my life on the line, then so be it. Of course. And then Philip takes the super paternalistic uh, approach of, let's just not tell Aurora about this horrible curse that's occurred. Not not yet. Let's just wait. Let's just wait. She doesn't. She doesn't need to know right now. Yeah, no. That I was trying to think of a way to defend that play, but almost all the time in TV shows, you see this trope of let's not tell them for their own good. When in reality, you would have gotten to the conclusion like infinitely faster had you just told them what was going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And especially terrible in this situation, I guess Philip is a prince, but Aurora is the heir to the kingdom in which she lives that they are currently located. They don't have a son, so. I feel like the rules must be different in this version of the Enchanted Forest because we already saw Regina become queen for really no logical reason. That's true. (laughs) So 
I'm not going to just go by the heirs anymore. It's whoever they say is king or queen is king or queen. And don't worry. Surely Philip and Aurora's kingdom is only a day's ride away from all of these other kingdoms. Obviously. But I did really like at the end of the episode. So we start the episode with Aurora on the dais or whatever we want to call that pedestal. Altar. Altar. I like altar. Uh, And we end the episode with Philip on the altar. And for some reason, true love's kiss won't help in this situation. I guess you can't experience true love if your soul has been eaten by a rape. (laughs) I would argue that maybe it's not true love. Just saying. Mm. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I have anything else to say about these people. We don't know a lot about them yet. Mulan seems surly but cool, and I'm less interested in the other two. I very rarely have much to say about Sleeping Beauty and Prince Philip, as they are two of the more boring characters, so I'm done with them. The, I guess the thing, the reason, part of the reason they're boring is they didn't really do anything to update their characters at all. And their original characters are boring. So, yeah. yeah no, you're right. They're kind of just avatars for being a parallel to Snow and Charming. They don't really do much other than that. And they added a wraith to this story, which is... Whatever. <laughs> needed to advance yes, the plot and story. Needed book. to advance the plot and story. Book. Okay, we can be done with them. I think we'll learn more about Mulan later. Which does we can look, be done with. We can them. be done with them. Who do I go to next? Oh, there's so many choices. Uh, I feel like Doctor Whale might be a fun place to start. We still don't know who Doctor Whale is. We know who everybody else is, but we don't know who Doctor Whale is. Even even Charming says, "Who are you, Whale?" We know one thing: Prince Charming is not his prince. That's right. Prince Charming is not his prince. So that's an important piece of information because he is not from their land then. Or perhaps he is only from a day's ride away and he's in somebody else's kingdom. (laughs) But what's interesting about it, though, is that Charming doesn't recognize him at all. It's true. So, like, if he were from George's kingdom or... Because he's a doctor, you would assume that he probably had a high-ranking position in the Enchanted Forest... Like, literally, Charming's like, who are you? I don't recognize you. No one seems to have that answer. And we know that, like, people from George's kingdom would have come in. So, yeah, he seems to be just from a mysterious land, I suppose. And I also would say, I mean, Dr. Whale was probably the only person among that mob of people that came to Regina's house that we we actually would recognize. The others were just, you know, random townspeople. Yeah. Uh, but he seems to have, not that what Regina did to everyone wasn't personal. He seems to have like an extra personal vendetta with Regina. He he seems to really, really, really not like her. Huh. Weird. When someone curses you and traps you in hell for 28 years, people tend not to like you. No, that's fair. Let's remember that thought when we get to Belle and Rumpel. Uh-huh. Okay. Because what Regina did was fundamentally wrong. Sure. It was fundamentally wrong. Do you want to, do you want to go there? Oh, yeah, we can absolutely go there. <laughs> uh, other than that, I don't believe we recognize anything. We see, let's just go into Regina right now, since that's the kind of target of this. Regina is still overconfident and shoves Whale, like aggressively reminds everyone that I'm still the evil queen. At least until her magic isn't back. Like, for some reason, she didn't bother to test this ahead of time. I I love that Regina is cocky and still, you're like, you know what, I'm the evil queen, bow down, bitches. But didn't think, like, maybe practice a fireball. It's been about 30 years since you've done this. Yeah, you might want to, like, get back on the horse a little bit. Nah, it'll just work just like the way it did before. And then she, and she scares the crap out of all of them when she, like, goes to, I'm assuming, light them up or something. And then nothing happens. And then she's like, oh, I'm dead. I also love when she does that. She very dramatically throws back her jacket as if it's like a cape or like a dress or something. And then like does this very elaborate motion with her arms before going to do the fireball. Balls. And we also talk about the fact that these townspeople decided the best play was to storm the evil queen heads on. Yeah, they had no idea. I mean, no one really knew at that point what... As, as they say many times when they're confronting Snow Charming and Emma, what was that smoke? What was that smoke? They didn't know that it was magic coming back yet. But they also had no reason to assume that Regina didn't have magic. They didn't plan this curse. They don't know anything. What a what an idea to just storm the crazy lady's house. What an idea. Yeah. Unbelievably stupid. Though understandable, it was just stupid. And I don't think we ever come back to this, sadly. No, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Yeah. Missed missed opportunity number one. Not coming back to this was a mistake. Yep. 
Uh, and Henry asks his mother, Emma, to protect Regina because he doesn't want her to die. So we talked about, I think we talked about this off camera, about how like we thought both that Henry was really annoying in season one the first time we watched it, and then you go back and he's not so annoying. This episode reminded me when I started to hate Henry. He is annoying in season That's two. because you really don't understand why anyone would ever tell someone not to use magic. Yes, correct. And she also, so Henry is inconsistent in this episode. She's still my mom. Please save her. I hate you. You're the evil queen. He's like a 14-year-old teenage girl. Those things are not at all inconsistent. They're two very different things. Don't kill my mother is a thing that he wants throughout the entire episode sure. at the beginning and the end. Sure. I I hope she just told me, in, as far as Henry knows, she just took, came up to his, his bed at the hospital and said, I love you no matter what anyone tells you. He, he chooses to believe that, and it's true. Hold on. Let, let, let's be clear on this. The woman who has been gaslighting yeah. you for literally your entire life, including this entire season and the nine years before, you now choose to believe this one thing when there is tangible proof, a.k.a. the curse that you realized was true, has been lying to you the entire time. And now you choose to believe her. But it's, it's also true one sure and he he does okay this is this is kind of a little a hard sell based on all the gaslighting but in his she took care of him for his whole life she did she did love him and she chose she chose him so i think that he it's really hard to separate those feelings like that from your parents like he loves this woman even though he knows that she might be evil and then when he watches her do something evil, he's mad about it and says, if you love me, you got to prove it. Bring back these other people that I love that you don't like. I don't disagree with what you said, but as I said in a previous episode, this was true in season one, and he does not seem to show a care about her at all. He calls her a mass murderer. But there also wasn't any imminent threat to her in season one. Sure. She wasn't going to die. So he thinks. Yes. Like, he does not show this, um, like, Regina shows maternal love for Henry, even when she's doing bad things. Henry really seems to view her as the villain of the story the entire time. That's true. And does not seem to care. I mean, he schemes against her. He lies to her. He says some really awful stuff to her. You're not my real mom. I hate you. You're a bad person. Two of those things, or one of those things is fundamentally true. She is a bad person. But he doesn't seem to treat her like a woman that he would care about whether or not she lives or dies. And then magically in this episode, it's still my mom. Like, you didn't seem to feel this way five episodes ago. I think for all of your emphasis on weak men, yeah. especially morally weak men, yeah. letting anyone die, no matter how terrible they are, is wrong. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Charming wants to let her die. Because Charming is one of the few people with a spine who is willing to do what must be done. I didn't say that she didn't deserve to be punished. As Snow noted, she needs to be locked up for our safety and her own. Yeah, it's funny. Batman locks up the Joker frequently, and it never seems to solve anything. It would have been fine if... Gold hadn't sent a murderous wraith after her. She would have just been stuck in that jail cell until she figured out how to use magic. We'll come to this later. I don't know if it's this season or a future season. But they try this actually in the Enchanted Forest where they try to do something to Regina that will stop her from bothering her, them. Like when they come up with this little solution instead of killing her. And then ultimately it just causes everyone more pain in the long run. Had they just executed her, none of this would have happened. Or if she had just made the right choice. But is she going to make the right choice? <laughs> Obviously not. That does happen this season. Okay. So that's a perfect example of, in fact, sometimes you do just need to get And I also people. think that is the that is why Regina is so mad at Rumpel in the episode Skin Deep. No, that makes sense. 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just shocking that... So I said before, Regina does not learn from their mistakes. This is an example of Charming learning from his mistakes and Snow not mm. learning from their mistakes. Charming says, this is her problem. And actually, as you said off camera, there's a difference between actively killing someone and simply stepping aside and letting the Wraith do what is supposed to be done. Also... The Wraith actually probably wouldn't have been able to kill Regina if it takes her to the Enchanted Forest because there, she's the evil queen again. 
I don't know that it, no, it wouldn't have taken her to the Enchanted Forest because it, it was sucking out or eating or whatever. Soul eating? It was soul eating If her. she jumps into the portal and goes back to the Enchanted mm-hmm. Forest, she now has her power back, theoretically, and thus can do whatever she needs to do to take care of the Wraith. That's true. But... They could have banished her. They could have banished her. That would that would that was that would have been an interesting thought. Although she told them that the Enchanted Forest didn't exist anymore, so where they were sending, hoping to send the wraith, was to a place that doesn't exist. So it would it wouldn't hurt anyone. It would just sort of be in a void. So to them, that would mean if we send Regina there, she would die. And you would say she doesn't deserve that. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it also it also doesn't matter if I think that she deserves it or not because Emma made a promise to Henry and she's going to keep it. Well, this is why you shouldn't make promises to ten year olds who don't understand the way things work in life. He's got to be almost eleven by now, right? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I how many weeks has it been? I don't know that it's been a full year yet. Yeah, it probably hasn't been a yeah, year. We moved into summertime, and it was not summertime when Henry went to go find Emma. It's also just really hard to tell what season it is in the story book because they wear jackets kind of all the time. And there's not nearly enough snow in Storybrook, Maine. There should be so much snow in Storybrook, Maine. I assume that Maine is just always pretty cold and chilly, but never raining? Because it doesn't rain a lot it, in Storybrook. It does rain in Maine. No, no, Storybrook. Oh. Storybrook uh-huh. just doesn't get a lot of rain. That's why you don't get a lot of snow. And then you get a little bit of sunshine. So it's sunny, I believe, right now during this episode. So let's say it's late summer. The creators were probably just really tired of how much it rains in the TV show Lost. <laughs> just rains all the time. Okay. Um, uh, there. Oh, we already talked about the Enchanted Forest being gone. So everyone is a little... She even tries to lie to Charming about it. Yeah, so here's the other thing that's interesting. And look, I love Regina as a character. She is not... Other than the contrition that she showed to Henry in that one fleeting moment of weakness, she's still back up to her old tricks. Who's Jefferson. Come on, lady. That lie is so transparent and terrible that, like, Emma doesn't even bother to question it. It's like, yeah, that's obviously a lie. Or the worst one in the episode is when Rumpel confronts Regina about Belle, and she says, she's alive? (laughs) Like, it's just such a transparent lie. To this day, I will never understand what the point of abducting Belle was if you weren't going to use her as a bargaining chip. I, I blows my mind. It doesn't. I don't. It doesn't make sense. Like I get that she wanted to hurt the dark one, which does make sense. But then just kill her. Yeah. Or use her as a bargaining. Or chip. Or use her as a bargaining chip. Yeah. It I doesn't, mean, it doesn't or make don't sense. bring her over. Yeah. That would have been a true screwed up thing to do. Is you leave her back there. No, you're totally right about that. Um, the one thing I will say is that while I think we talked about this about the hat, Regina says, I think this place is gone, which I, I genuinely believe, she truly believes the Enchanted Forest has been ripped away and essentially brought as Storybrooke. I don't think that she knows. Or you don't think that's the case? No. You think... What I, do you think? I think that she believes... I do not think that she knows that there are still people back there. Yeah, correct. I I think that she knows that the Enchanted Forest still exists. Oh, Interesting. And I actually think at one point she says, of course my castle is still intact. I would not have, I would not have destroyed my castle during this curse. No, but The she, scary pointy one. Not yeah. the one that's not in charge. She could have moved the castle also. That's true. She could have done yeah, that. Yeah, I 100% believe that she, or she could have done the curse right to the edge of her castle. I mean. Yeah, but I, I, I think that she intentionally left the Enchanted Forest there. Why they didn't go back when the curse broke is a really interesting question that I don't think we ever get an answer to. Well... Yeah, the one thing I will say is that the true curse was to trap them in their memories. The location just was like a secondary piece. Like, they could have technically done this in the Enchanted Forest, but then they didn't want to have magic. So it's like, it makes sense that the curse being broken, especially if it's Rumple writing it, there's no value in him sending everyone back. He needs everyone to stay here, That's including true. himself. And I guess they do say the only way to travel between realms or to a land without magic or f- presumably from a land without magic is with this curse. We see that's not true. I don't know why the hat is suddenly working between lands without magic. That is really confusing. I don't get it. 
and, you know, all the magic beans that we're going to see here in the future. The hat is another one that confuses me because we see it used twice before. Once when Jefferson uses it, which he uses it properly, he goes through the hat, goes to the portal with all the different doors, and they go to Wonderland. Then the second time where it has less magic, so all you can do is kind of grab an item, then she's able to choose a location. And a place in time. And and, And then back in time. So she's able to go back in time to a specific location, but not be there. She can just, like, open a quick hole. I don't understand then why now she, not being a master of that, is able to choose a specific location and send people through. Yeah, it's really confusing. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, they should have gone to the portal and then choose in the world. Maybe the wraith dragged them through the appropriate door? <laughs> <laughs> you sure. know, that's that seems logical. Writing inconsistency. Writing inconsistency. Well, because we all know, if Regina had that hat the whole time... Rumpelstiltskin would have found it to get where he wanted to go, and he wouldn't have needed to do all this other stuff. Yeah, I, I don't understand how Rumpel would not know about that hat. He does know about that hat. We learn later that he does know about it, and that it can't travel to Lands Without Magic. <laughs> Maybe it can travel from Lands Without Magic, but not to them? Sure. <laughs> okay. We're probably overthinking this, but it really perplexes me for as much as they're talking about needing to get from place to place. And then there was just this magical hat that could kind of do it, but not really. It's true. And something I did really like in this episode, Regina is really struggling to get that hat going because her magic isn't working. And then when Emma touches her is when the hat works. Yeah, I noticed that too. That's like basically like a supercharged. Is that what kicked her? It's like foreshadowing, I would assume. Sure. Um, It's unfortunate we don't see Jefferson in this episode. Don't see Jefferson. We're not going to see Jefferson very much at all <laughs> moving forward. But if there was any... So much like the Wraith, I really think if someone... If Rumpel would have just go, went and told Jefferson to go kill Regina, I don't think he would have been in the wrong there either. Although, as we learn, Jefferson probably wouldn't have done it. He, She taunted him directly to his face and said, if you were going to kill me, you would have done it already. Well, so, and I think we talked about this. What she said is you can't pull the trigger. Uh-huh. How do we not know that the curse, his curse was specifically an inability to kill Regina? Oh, I guess that's possible. It very, it, that is exactly the type of way that she would have manipulated Jefferson's. You can see me right there, but you can't touch me. Because he has his memory, so that's what she would have done to him. So, that's, she could have been taunting him that way, and now that taunt is over. He absolutely should come into town and, you know, had some words. Uh... Then we've got this whole situation with Emma, Snow, and Charming, who I'm just, now that we know who everyone is and the curse is broken, we'll just use people's names interchangeably. I think you can follow at this point. Snow, Mary Margaret, Charming, David, James, you know, you got it. (laughs) Season two, you're no longer a guest. You know what's going on. (laughs) You know what's up. We'll, uh, there's a lot of characters now, so too many names to, to worry about. Uh, so Emma is being her usual self and doesn't want to talk about anything, which is reasonable because there's a wraith attacking their town that somehow is causing like tornadoes and electricity. And I don't, I don't understand what's going on with this wraith. Had you not made the promise to Henry, you could just be having this conversation with your parents and letting Regina deal with the consequences of her own actions. That's not what a hero would do, Roger. It is what Prince Charming would do. And Snow was so proud when Emma says she's not dying about Regina because she made a promise to Henry. Snow's, the look on Snow's face, so proud. Yeah. Weak-willed Mary Margaret is so proud. She is not being weak-willed in this. She is trying to save the woman who's been hurting her for decades. That statement alone just feels ridiculous. The woman who took her father from her. It's true. She and her mother, that. probably. I love the conversation when Snow says, when she's talking to a very reluctant Emma about their situation, which must be so weird. I mean, to have your parents be the same age as you. I, well, before we even get into that, one of my favorite lines in the entire episode, Charming looks at Snow and goes, don't push it, Snow. <laughs> What does Snow do? Immediately pushes it. Like, completely disregards the advice of her husband and decides to go for it. Not under. So, this is the thing that I've always said. David understands Emma a lot better than Snow does. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like her, but like, he doesn't want to talk about this. She doesn't really want to talk about this. Leave her the hell alone. And Mary Margaret basically feels like she's entitled to this conversation, which is kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Very selfish, in fact. 
It's also not even that she disregarded what Charming says, because she says, I won't. And then she immediately does it. Immediately jumps into the conversation. (laughs) Because sometimes you tell your partner you're going to do a thing with no intention to actually follow through. It's called lying. Yep, it is. (laughs) But sometimes your partner asks you to do things that you're not not just capable of following through on. Mm -hmm. Would you call Mary Margaret a bad person or weak-willed? Well, I would say that that was not the right choice. Also, Mary Margaret doesn't want to murder someone. Maybe she should. Maybe she should. Yep, that's my official (laughs) statement on that. Maybe she should get a little revenge on the woman who's tormented her for decades. I think it's fascinating, your obsession with revenge. It's not an obsession. I just don't think it is as harmful as you think it is. I don't think it solves, like, you, like Regina's never going to be happy because of the curse. However, like, if you talk about, like, Rumpel's life is not any worse if he kills Regina. Literally nothing changes that's, for him. That's quite literally not true. How would... Every his, time you kill a person, it darkens your heart. His heart is black as coal. Not yet. It, it's coming. <laughs> and adding one more, it's like... My house is burning down. Oh, let me save this little, like, morsel of wood at the end. Bruh, the house is gone. It's time to let it go. Okay, I just, like, want you to remember that. Yeah. When we get to season five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I love when they're talking and Snow says, we talked about a lot of things we probably shouldn't talk about. Like, one night stands. And then Charming's like, wait, what? And she's like, oh, Dr. Whale. Like, don't even worry about it. And he's like, I'm upset. She's like, we were cursed. Love her. She says a very nice comic delivery. I love it. Jennifer Goodwin. I agree with that. What's also funny is that it seems like they use that to hand wave all of the poor decisions that David and Mary made. Oh, we were cursed. It's not our fault. Which I don't agree with, actually. Yeah, you might be a different person with your memories, but as we saw, Archie had the ability to make the right choice. They all had the ability to make the right choice. They simply didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a different issue. Yeah. At the time that she slept with Dr. Whale, yep. she had no reason. Like, she was not committed to anyone. No. She no. had no memory of being committed to anyone. Yeah, being making really bad choices about having an affair with a married man and not... Yeah, all kinds of things. Those are those are bad choices that very, they made. Very bad choices. I mean, they were cursed sure. to make bad choices, but... No, they weren't cursed to make bad choices. They were cursed to not have the memories of who they are. They were all capable of making good choices because sometimes they did. And as we later find out, even their original selves don't always make good choices. It's true. They don't. They do not always make good choices. But for the most part, they do. They just sometimes make poor choices. It's also interesting that Emma... Emma says to them... She's she's a little upset about... She's... I mean, she's still struggling with the fact that she... In her experience, she's been an orphan for 28 years. And they, you know, tell her it was to give her her best chance, which she doesn't deny. She's like, I agree. And you also did it for everyone because that's who you are, which I think is kind of beautiful. But then she's still a little bitter, which you have some strong feelings about. The word I'm thinking of is hypocrite. Mm. And the reason I'm thinking hypocrite is that if we flash back to the Cinderella episode, Henry is in the car when Emma delivers the line about how she had to give him up for all these reasons that it wasn't going to work and she was going to prison, he had to listen to his mother say that. And he not one time held that against her. And she already has this knowledge that Henry was able to move past it and forgive her. And he's 10 years old. The 28-year-old Emma can't understand with all the magic and information she has why her parents, who were literally being cursed, did the same thing. It just seems petty and ridiculous. I wish that they had change the because you're right that is what happens in the dialogue i wish the dialogue was like slightly different because it is unbelievable that henry as a 10 year old boy does not experience i mean obviously he's going to therapy like when we meet him but he doesn't really experience this like loss that his like he doesn't feel lost necessarily that his mom gave him up and that he had to live with a woman who was the evil queen and like cursed a bunch of people for a really long time like he just gets over that really quickly and i i don't think it's fair for emma necessarily to hold this against her parents but it is totally fair for her to be struggling with the fact that i was an orphan for 28 years and now i have this humongous family of people that are fairy tale characters 
that's a very reasonable thing to have, struggle to deal with. I agree with the latter. I, it's more so the former that bothers me. Yeah. I was an orphan. That sucks. I get it. I'm not trying to minimize that. But you also made your son an orphan, and he forgave you instantly. Mm -hmm. like he never has thrown that in her face. When, quite frankly, if he was angry and been like, you're the reason I live with the evil queen, and he wouldn't be wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet he never holds that against her. So it's like, follow, follow your son's example and, like, I don't know, give your parents some sort of grace and being like, they literally didn't have a better choice. Yes, I guess she says we could have been cursed together, but then it would have been an infinite curse, I think. Yeah, I mean, it definitely would have been an infinite curse. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like, they... It was not just giving her her best chance, it was giving all of them their best chance. Well, and... The, the fact that Emma was alone was actually a very last-minute situation. That's actually not what was supposed to happen. It was actually Geppetto's fault. Yeah. Because it should have been Snow and Emma... Right? Snow, yeah. Emma, and August should have gone through. I mean, if Geppetto hadn't been a total jerk about it, it should have been Snow Charming and Emma. Or had the Blue Fairy just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> right. Had a backbone. <laughs> been like, yeah, we agree to your terms. And then afterwards, in fact, we don't agree to your terms. Here's some squid ink. You're paralyzed. Sorry, sucks. We're going to do the right thing here. Yeah. I, I do not disagree. Sometimes you have to screw people over to get what's necessary. Yes. And also Geppetto just should have done the right thing to save the entire kingdom. I don't disagree with Geppetto from his standpoint. It is my job as a father to protect my son. You, I'm not really concerned about all of you in my mind. I'm making sure that my boy gets safe. Now, it's a very tunnel visioned, like, I only care about this person. But he's not, like, wrong morally as a father. It's just he's not taking a big picture look at this. It also just doesn't make sense because he had no idea that his boy would be safe by sending him through that wardrobe. He had no idea what would happen. True, but I think people just believe things about their children. That's a very real thing, right? Like, my child doesn't lie. My child can do this. My, my child... My child doesn't eat candy. <laughs> yeah, my child doesn't eat candy. <laughs> it must be these hoodlums who did it. Is there anyone you want to talk about before we talk about Rumpel and Belle? I'd like to point out Charming is right. When he no. says it's Regina's problem, he's 100... We have established that Prince Charming is the moral backbone of this town like he's like the sheriff he's the one who makes them do the right thing and even he realizes regina's gets what's coming to her he's right like it, it's not shocking to me but it's hilarious to me that charming and rumple are aligned in this situation and they're the ones who seem to be willing to do anything to regina about it and whale and like the townspeople and then you've got mary margaret and emma and henry the people who've been victimized like hey remember the whole stockholm syndrome where they mocked that this like turns out this way now where they're like oh my abuser bell yeah, don't hurt her. If Emma let Regina die, Henry would never forgive her. I mean, we've already seen that Henry has a capacity of forgiveness that exceeds her own. So it is possible that he absolutely would have forgiven her. I and think it would if, really break his belief that she's the savior. I think if he if she killed the evil queen, that's very different than simply not being able to save the evil queen. I mean... Well, I'm sure glad that they made this choice because we wouldn't have gotten... Some great Regina storylines in the future. Yes, though, as I will say at the end of the season two recap, we should have gotten some consequences for Regina. Yes, she definitely deserved some punishment. Mm-hmm. Hard punishment. Mm hmm Okay, let us talk about my favorite. Is it your favorite? You seem very frustrated by this storyline. <laughs> at the end of season one, I think during the recap, I said, you know, I kind of miss Belle. I liked Belle as the conscience. And then I watched this episode and went, oh, no, I've made a mistake. I hate Belle. I like the Belle that we get at the end where it's like, I accept you for who you are. This is my fundamental problem with Belle is that she wants Rumpel to be someone who he is not as opposed to accepting him for who he is and trying to work with him. She's always trying to command him to be charming or be someone else that's not who rumple is like there's something for loving someone for who they are not who you think they could be yes i agree but i also he he i think this is one of the only times where he's very honest with her about who he is because later he tells her that he wants to change and he does and then he goes back on it again and he keeps backsliding. And I think the thing that is really tough is the choices that he makes in this episode are not choices that Balefire would want him to make, which is the whole reason that we're here in the first place. Well, the difference, admittedly, with... So, Balefire isn't mad at Rumple for, like, when he kills the knights in the beginning because those people had it coming. 
He isn't freaked out. It's that he's more indiscriminately killing now. This wasn't an indiscriminately targeting Regina for no reason. She did something, and he retaliated. He isn't just out there killing people as a dark one. He's not sending the right to kill the townspeople because they looked at him weird. Somebody attacked him, essentially. They attacked Bell, right? I mean, they kidnapped, and he said, okay, I'm going to get my revenge. Rumble's quite fine to leave people alone if they leave him the hell alone, which is kind of what Balefire wanted. Just the two of us. Go live on our own and be happy. It's the fact that he was killing the maid or, like, someone bumped into Balefire and then now he kills him. Regina didn't bump into Belle and accidentally lock her up for 28 years. <laughs> this wasn't a happenstance. This wasn't a mistake. She didn't overhear, like, something that she shouldn't have and then Rumpel got paranoid and killed her. Regina attacked him. This was, this was a chess piece game where she, I mean, come on. Okay, Bellfire would not be okay with this. Sure, but the circumstances are different. Okay. This isn't indiscriminate killing. He didn't killing. just kill the maid. He didn't just kill the and maid. And then try to make a joke about it. We need a new maid. <laughs> uh, he didn't kill, I think the worst part is that he didn't kill the deaf maid. Who couldn't have heard the, what she was. The, she, yeah, mute, I'm mute. sorry, mute. Yeah, so, she, could, she could hear, she couldn't, she couldn't speak. Repeat it. Yeah, yes. but hey, even a mute person can draw a picture. <sighs> Rumpelstiltskin. And um, also, he doesn't lie to her. I would make an uh, argument. He does not lie. Just okay. like he did not lie to Regina. You agree that he never lied to Regina. You can't say he lied to Belle if you don't agree that he lied to Regina. I, it's, <laughs> when you're making a deal with a bad person for the purpose of breaking the deal, like, you, I understand, like, you have a contract, you find the loophole. Sure. If you're trying to be a good person and make the right choices, you can't find a loophole. He didn't make a deal. He was commanded. This is the part where we, when he went to Regina, it was two consenting people making a deal, and he found a loophole out of it. But he agreed to the terms of the deal. He never agreed to this. He could have just said no. Oh, yes. That works so well. No. Well, and in fact, at the end of the episode, he just tells her, like, he can't... He's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. And I... But nothing would have changed, though. Had he just done what he did, or he said no, she still would have walked out pissed off. Yeah. So, ultimately, I, the same thing She has happens. a right to be pissed off. No, that's, that's fair. <laughs> He's a grown man. Let him make his own damn choices. I just, I love how he makes a big deal about the rags that she's wearing. He's like, we have to get you out of these clothes immediately. And then he just like walks right by a bunch of clothes that he could give her and then finds this medallion so that he can get his revenge on Regina. The man has probably been plotting this since skin deep. When they really went head to head and Regina kind of bested him, I guarantee you he started thinking about, I'm going to get you when I figure this out. He didn't just think of that on the fly. He was waiting to unleash this on Regina. Yeah. And then he's short with her when they're arguing about it, which he immediately regrets. And then she yeah, walks out the door. Typical no, it's normal. Couple thing, right? And then she goes for a walk for like eight hours in the most impractical shoes of all time. Belle being impractical? <laughs> no. The shoes that they make her wear in the show. She must be really sh a very short actress. I think so. Though Robert Carlyle's not very tall. No, but I gosh. think it's just like the character Belle is always this like evening, like always looking like she's the Belle of the ball. So I guess the heels makes I don't know. It was always impractical and stupid to me. It's like people like Wonder Woman fighting in heels was always dumb. Yeah, Emma wears Emma wears boots, which I appreciate, but they do usually have a heel, which, which looks ridiculous. Stupid. Um, I will say the line that he drops is pretty great. Uh, you're still the man that I've always known for the hour that you've known me. Technically, she hasn't really known Gogol that long. And he actually has become a little bit different than he's the Dark One. He's not out there indiscriminately killing people anymore. And he's made deals. Like, it's he is a different person, and she's just assuming that he's the same old Rumple. Now, he has shown evidence of being the same old Rumple, but she's only been around for like an hour. Yeah. I know it is actually interesting. I mean, it's not that unusual for any sort of fairy tale situation. They actually, I don't know how long she lived with him in his castle as his maid back in the enchanted forest but they don't ha they're not like in a relationship for any point of time like if she's gone for like a day and then she kisses him and then he gets upset and then she leaves like that's it there's no they're like never together it's interesting because the way she commands him is like the way a wife would command a husband. I would definitely not use the word command. I would. <laughs> Did she give him a choice in the matter? Listen she to asked him. Told him. She asked him not to seek revenge because it's not important. She just wants to be with him. Because it's not important to her. It's not helpful 
He said he loved her and wants to be with her. He does. I believe that. I think you believe that's genuine and sincere. I do believe that that's genuine and sincere. But, like, you can't do that if you're out seeking revenge. Those two things have no It's also going to piss your son off who doesn't like it when you use magic. Your son's already pissed off. There's a certain level of pissed off in this you can't really exceed. <laughs> also, I'm going to be honest with you. On the list of grievances, I suspect killing Regina falls significantly lower than breaking our deal and dropping through the portal. So if you're really going to work towards forgiveness, I think if he can get over that part, the rest will fall in line. And thus, Rumpel's smart enough to know that it's this thing that I did that he's mad at me about. The rest of this is probably inconsequential. I think you're just a Rumpel apologist. I think I'm a Rumpel apologist because you guys don't look at things. And by you guys, I mean people who don't understand Rumpel in a pragmatic way. I think you guys are a bit too idealistic and unrealistic. Don't kill her. She got what's coming to her. She deserved this. She deserved a terrifying wraith to eat her soul. Yes. <laughs> she cursed everyone for... Thir How old are you right now? 32. I'm not 32. How old am I? How old do you think you are? Shit, I thought I was 36. I'm 34. Okay, You're 38. So that would mean <laughs> all but four years of your life you were cursed. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to do. That's no, like it's really bad. I'm not like, saying it's not bad. No, no, not bad. Terrible. <laughs> Horrible. Listeners, this is when things will get exciting because Roger and I will regularly disagree about everything. I I do. I get Rumple. I understand. He's struggling. I don't think you get Rumple. Because <laughs> you have no lust for revenge. You don't get I do Rumpel. not. I have no lust for revenge. It's not helpful. It does The fundamental disagreement we are always going to have is that I don't think the revenge makes his life worse the way it makes Regina. Regina goes out of her way to try to make people miserable to make herself happy, and that doesn't make her happy. Rumpel killing Regina isn't going to impact him at all. Like, literally nothing in his life is going to change. Except the woman that he loves is upset about it. She's always upset about something with him. <laughs> You think you're not going to piss off your spouse? That's charming and snow don't kill each other and they get each other on each other's nerves. It's going to happen. Those are just normal things. You don't do the dishes. You forget to take out the trash. You murder someone. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. <laughs> you forgot to spend enough straw into gold. I mean, right? Like you, just, you make mistakes. It happens. Mm -hmm. You cover all the drapes up with these, you know, ridiculously dark things and forget to let light in. I mean, this happens. Typical relationship struggles. Well, we could fight about this forever, but really there will be more opportunities to talk about Rumple and Belle. Anything else you want to talk about before we talk about favorite moment? No, I, I think we covered everything pretty well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's something else. No, I, I think we're good. Okay. What's your favorite moment from the episode? I actually really enjoy when Rumple is honest and says I'm a monster. And she says, mm. but that's the reason I have to stay. Like, mm -hmm. that is the part of their relationship I appreciate, where she sees and accepts him for who he is. And he's not lying about who he is at this point. He's like, yeah, I'm just a monster. Like, this is my true nature. Either love me or you got to go. I would argue that monsters do not know that they are monsters. But you disagree. Uh, Regina knows she's a monster. Yeah, Regina does know that she's a monster. And she's a monster. <laughs> in fact, I think she relishes in being a monster at times. She's also, yeah, she's a tortured soul as well. I agree she's a tortured <laughs> I think Cora also knows she's a monster. I mm. think she feels justified in her behavior, but she knows yeah, she's a monster. that's an interesting thought. Yeah. My favorite moment is when Henry calls Charming Grandpa, and then Snow sort of, like, laughs. <laughs> Yeah. First, first time we get a grandpa and it's like, whoa, this is weird. These people are all the same age. Yeah, that, so I actually really did like that moment too because I think she both laughed and then probably had a moment of, oh crap, I'm a grandma. I'm <laughs> Which, a like, grandma. Normally at their age, that means that you had a, like, well, I guess it's not completely untrue because Emma was a teenager, but there's like a weird curse line. But like normally if you're a grandpa, what, let's say they're in their mid-40s, mid-30s. I don't know what their age is supposed to be they're in the, the show. They're the same age as Emma. They're, like they're 29? 29. Yeah, you don't become a grandfather <laughs> at that age unless you're a 14-year-old daughter. So it's like the fact that their daughter is also 28 and their grandfather's like, this is kind of hilarious. No, yeah. I, I think that's a good moment. I like it. Most ridiculous moment? What do you think my most ridiculous moment is? I bet you can guess it. Uh, Something to do with Belle? Yep. Mm. Making a command, in fact. I don't know if that's ridiculous. I think it is ridiculous for a woman who was locked up for 28 years. Her first thing is, don't take revenge on this woman. Any other person who was locked up for 28 years would be like, yeah, go get this bitch. <laughs> I have two. It's not that. I know. 
My first one is Regina trying to lie about thinking that Belle was dead. She was just so so bad at <laughs> She's it. She's alive? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a... So bad. But it's consistent. She's she, always been yep. a bad liar. Yep. Uh, she's like, she can... I mean, she pulls off some really good... If she has time to think about what she's planning and plotting, she can lie about it. Actually, no. She can't lie. What she can do is plot in such a way you ask her the question she understands. Ah. So, remember that my one of my favorite lines is, do you have what I want? Yes. yes. Yeah. She doesn't lie. She just knows exactly what you're asking is not what you're really looking yeah. for. I don't know. This isn't really a moment, but the, just that we have a new love triangle, like... Maybe we should be counting love triangles. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> so that doesn't bother me too much because it's between characters I really don't care about. So like those kind of love triangles I'm fine with because I can kind of just tune out if I need mm. to. That's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, who is your loser of the episode? This one was actually tough. I had a really hard time with both winner and loser. Winner is easy for me. Loser, I went with Mary Margaret. Really? Why? So a couple things. A, she gets sucked into the portal at the end, which is like... That's pretty bad. Once again, after finally waking up after 28 years and you were with your true love in less than a day, that is ripped from you once again. As we said, are these two ever going to just be able to be together and be happy? And then I think the part that actually hurt more was that you desperately had been waiting to have this conversation with your daughter, trying to have this like mother-daughter heart-to-heart. We can talk about it. We know Mary Margaret's a very emotional person. And Emma just shuts her down. Like, and you can see the hurt look on her face. And she doesn't understand it. Like, David understands because he wouldn't really want to talk about it. Like, her and Emma, or him and Emma are kind of on the same page. Mary Margaret doesn't understand why she just wanted to just sit down and, like, open up all of her emotions to her and it bothers her. So that's yeah. why I kind of made her the loser in this one. That's reasonable. Uh, I had a really hard time choosing a loser. I feel like there's a lot of people that lose stuff in this episode. But I chose Aurora. Uh, because she just woke up from being cursed. Okay. And then Philip is immediately taken and has his soul eaten. And she finds out that he's maybe in love with Mulan. And she learns that her land has been cursed for 28 years. It's pretty rough. I can't disagree (laughs) with that choice. I also like the parallel of them and Snow and Charming is that they were both reunited and then immediately ripped apart. Immediately. Again. Immediately ripped apart. All right. And I feel like with Philip, I don't know if that there's a way to fix that. Like, his soul has been eaten by a wraith that disappeared. Yeah, and Trulip's kiss didn't work. Which I guess you could argue that that would make you... I even had some doubts, is it really true love if it wasn't able to wake him up? So, okay, that's kind of a, another one in that category of this might have been a loss. If you're going to choose Rumple as your winner, I'm honestly shocked. He doesn't get what he wants. I disagree. Please, go on. <laughs> so there are two things Rumple wants. Actually, there are three things Rumple wants. Um, one, he wants magic back in town, which he has successfully done. He did it at the end of last episode, but he now has it in this episode, sure. which is very important. And we don't even see him use it. Not yet. I guess I guess he uses the knife. He does but, use the but dagger. But he, he himself doesn't, like, perform magic. I, I disagree with that, because he uses the dagger to summon a wraith. Like, he performs... But and I think anyone could have done that. He says, I, the dark one. Okay. I don't know that everyone can okay, wield okay, the dagger. Okay. I think they could command him to do it, but he's the one who does it. Um, so, yes, he doesn't get Regina killed, but he gets the wraith sent after her. And, most importantly, he gets to do what he wants, and Belle comes back to him. Which I think is one of the most important things to him, and he gets Belle to come back. That's a win. Hmm. He got to be his true, and he admitted who his true nature was, and she still said, that's why I need to stay. I really just don't think he got what he wanted in this episode. He didn't get everything he wanted. Regina got saved by her worst enemies because of what he did. Also, I'd like to point out, there's an old saying about it's almost worse than being killed by your enemies is to be saved by your enemies. Hmm. I've never heard that saying before, but that's fair. You're not a person who likes revenge. Yeah. I had a really hard time choosing a winner in this episode. If you choose Emma, I swear to I God. Did, I did choose Emma. Of course you chose Emma! <laughs> I couldn't... I, I I do not think she's the winner of this whole episode. I mean, she falls through a portal at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think keeping her promise to Henry is a is a big deal. It made her mom proud. She made her mommy proud. She just got a mommy today. She made her proud. Just got a mommy today. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Okay. But, I, I but do honestly, understand. I almost picked no one. I just, I couldn't. I just was like, I have no idea. 
I mean, this was not like a strong, clear, like, Rumpel got everything he wanted. I mean, the point of this episode was to set up a bunch of conflict so yes. that we can have a whole season of conflict. Uh, so there wasn't any resolution in this episode. My backup choice for winner was Henry. Mm. Because he... I don't like what he does necessarily to Regina, but he does, I guess, like, ultimatum her. Yeah. That either be a better person or... I don't even understand this logic, though. Like, you're 10. You don't get to, like, dictate things. Like, technically, legal custody is still Regina's. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if uh, legal custody will hold up in the court of the evil queen. <laughs> I don't know what court is going to buy any of this story. Like, Right. So there is no court. So they yeah, can but, just do whatever they want. But there is a real legal, like, chain of custody here of, like, if you went to New York, the only proof they have is that you are actually the son of Regina. If you could, but we know she's the evil queen. They're gonna laugh at you and be like, "Okay, so you need to go in a psychiatric ward." Yeah. But he he gets to live with his grand he he got a grandpa he got a grandma he did and he gets to live with David, which you know like he hasn't had a male figure in his life, so this is kind of that's why actually I do like those two pairing uh -huh. together, which is funny because it wasn't that many episodes ago when David had shown up to the party, and that she sent. <laughs> He was like, go, just go home with David. It's fine, obviously, not knowing that they were grandfather. Of so, course. So I, I thought Henry was, like, a decent runner-up for her. Um, Emma kept the promise to Henry, which is what he wanted. I don't like the things he wants in this episode, but he got almost everything he wanted. His adopted mom is not dead. His mom is the savior's biological mom. Now, granted, his biological mom got pulled through a portal. Could be dead. Yeah, she got kind of, like, Gandalf lassoed into the portal. You know... Had there been a void and Emma died, I wonder how much guilt Henry would have felt mm. for that. Because she died saving Regina at that yep. point. And it was your fault that she did that. If you'd have just stepped back and let Rumpel do his thing, <laughs> it would have just been Regina who suffered for the consequences. Oh, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I did cry one time during this episode. Did you cry at the point in which uh, Mary Margaret and Emma hugged? Or did you cry? Yeah. Ah, okay. I didn't know if it was the conversation <laughs> or if it was the, like, you found us is when you cried. I mean, yeah. The, the whole. That was beautiful. I'm a sap. Sorry. No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a sappy <laughs> show. I just love that I'm able to predict exactly when you cry. Of course. Uh, what are you looking forward to next week? What's our second episode? Our second episode is We Are Both. So... so Go ahead. Honestly can't remember what happens in the Enchanted Forest in this episode. I, I think that Snow and Emma, like, learn more about their situation. and But in Storybrooke, um, the people are having to deal with the fact that they have sort of these two sets of memories, and they're really scared of Regina. So the one thing, I think we see ogres for the first time on screen. In this uh, it's either that episode or the one after. Or the yep. one after. I think it is this next one. I think we also run into a new character in this next episode and uh -huh. an old character who I think we run into Korra. Mm -hmm. I think at the very end. Yeah, yes, I think you're right. Yep. Um, I, I'm curious to see what the Enchanted Forest will look like. That's like my number one question because we've only seen it in flashbacks. We've not really seen it kind of current day. Regina with magic is going to be very interesting because she is both the, like, hated monster, but probably one of the two most powerful people in Storybook. So, like, what are they really going to do? At, when I first watched it, not knowing what happened, I was like, ooh, I'm going to be very curious to see how they plot to deal with her because she could just go wipe them out if she wanted to. There's nothing stopping her other than Henry's promise. And that shouldn't be okay with all the people in this town. Like, they should legitimately be thinking, how do we deal with Dracula at the top of the hill? Mm-hmm. The whole Wumpel and Bell thing is going to be interesting. Uh, Charming and Charming's never had to raise a kid. Like he's now raising a ten-year-old boy. That he, I mean, he knows Henry, but not you know in that manner. So that's going to be funny. The two bachelors living alone. Um, I think I want to learn more about Whale. Like that really was my burning question: mm -hmm. is where who are, you? are you? Who are you? Where are you from? Why were you brought here? Yeah, I mean, I, there's a whole lot of questions, and I wish I had more questions about Aurora and Philip, but I could give a crap less about those two. I just don't care. Yeah. They don't give me enough information or do anything to update their characters from the fairy tale realm at all. I think they struggle and not. If they were in Storybook and we had gotten to know them in season one, I would have been more interested. But, like, just seeing random Sleeping Beauty didn't do it for me. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I really... All the same questions as you. I want to know who that stranger in the city is. We're not going to find out in the next episode. That's annoying. <laughs> Which is weird to cold open with him and then not come back to him quickly. That was a big cold open. Yep. 
Uh, I really want to see how Emma deals with being in the Enchanted Forest. She doesn't, you know, she's a she's a real world expert, but has never lived in a fairy tale land before. Bail Bonds person. Bail Bonds person. Uh, and I mean, she's also going all with through all of these strong emotions with her mother, who is now there with her and just maybe sacrificed her life to save her. Uh, so it'll be an interesting it'll be interesting. To see what happens there. Agreed. Well, please be sure to join us next time when we watch Season 2, Episode 2, We Are Both. See you next time.